Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When Jesus called people in the Bible, he didn't say them. Would you sign this card and become a member of my church? There were no churches. What Jesus said was simply this, follow me. In my life without Jesus, I'm leading. I'm doing it my own wisdom, my own way. Jesus says, you'll never get to life that way. You have to follow me. I'll give you the Bible. I'll come inside you. I'll forgive you and you will have light. You'll have direction. You'll know how to do life. A lot of people seem to think that becoming a Christ follower is as simple as joining a local congregation. Pastor Mark will be sharing Jesus' teaching about this. We will find out that what Jesus taught was far different than joining an organization. He taught a radical submission to his lordship. We'll discover that the life that Jesus offers requires a death. We have to die to our desire to be the leaders of our life and instead take on His desires and ambitions. This is the only way we'll have joy in this life and fellowship with God and Jesus in the next. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he concludes his message, Encounters with God. The story continues. The angels tell them how to find Jesus. And they go and they find Jesus. And when they get to the manger, they have what we would call a personal encounter. So these shepherds will eventually go and meet Jesus personally. There's a personal encounter. Notice this statement. I think it's very important for all of us. Experiencing a personal encounter with God is very different than knowing about God. Lots of people say, well, I believe in God. That's good. That doesn't get you to heaven. You have to have a personal encounter, a personal relationship with God. Now, when these shepherds go, by the way, about uh, maybe up to a year later, uh, some of you have your nativity scenes w- with the wise men. They, they came about a year later, so just move them off into the dining room, and you can bring them out a little later as you get after Christmas, and it's okay. That's because Jesus was a boy, maybe one years old, and of course, what happened when they came, they gave them gifts and whatever, and then Herod went and tried to kill everybody two years and under. So that's why he, they, he was in a house and he was a young man. What did they do when they came? Exactly the same thing. They bowed down and worshiped. They had an encounter with Jesus. Well, as you see that, it's important for you to understand through all of this, this encounter was was so good. Now, watch what these shepherds do. They, They just didn't keep it to themselves. They began to go, and they began to tell everybody about their encounter. That's actually what we're doing here tonight. 
Many of you are Christians, Christ followers. Many of you are not. Why are we doing this service? We're doing the service to tell you that the solution to life is Jesus Christ. That's what brings joy and peace. It's not about a church. It's being told in all kinds of churches. See, it's Jesus and Jesus alone. Well, the next thing that happens is this. Watch. Then the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. What a difference before and after. Fearful. Don't know anything about Jesus. Afterward, what are they doing? Glorifying and praising God for all they'd heard and seen. It was just as the angel told them. Here's what I want you to see. Notice this next statement. An encounter with God will change you and it will transform you. See, when you meet God and really begin a relationship with him, it will absolutely change you. Now, it doesn't change all of life. I'm 5'7 and shrinking. Quit, you laughed more at that than anything else I've done tonight. What is up with that? When I got saved, I think I was five, seven and a half. So, but that was many years ago. Now, what happens as you move through that? Well, I'm going to change. Salvation didn't change me physically, but it changed me spiritually. You see, when you have an encounter with God, it will transform you. You'll be absolutely a different people as the shepherds were, as the wise men were. Now, I want to show you tonight another encounter. One you is not as familiar as the shepherds. His name is Simeon. Now, when you look at Simeon, who is Simeon? Well, in Luke chapter 2, it tells us Simeon was just like you and just like me. Wasn't a religious person as far as a, a Pharisee, Sadducee, those kind of things. He was just a, a person that loved God. He had the Holy Spirit in him. And what we do know about Simeon was this. He was an older man, and he had waited his whole life for the promise of the Messiah. See, the Old Testament is filled with more than 300 predictions that Jesus Christ would come. So here he is. Simeon, eventually, the Holy Spirit came to Simeon, and and the Holy Spirit told Simeon this. Simeon, you will not die until you have an encounter with the Messiah. Wow. So day after day after day, he probably went over to the temple that you see behind him because he figured, well, that's when, where Jesus would be brought. And many times he'd get up in the morning and say, could this be the day that I encounter the Messiah? Then one day, the Bible tells us it happened. Look at Luke. I have it for you. Luke 2, 27. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. And he took the child in his arms, and he praised God. And you're going to see in a moment the the song that he sang. You see, that day that Simeon saw the Messiah... Well, there was a young man, poor, a young woman, poor, Mary and Joseph. It was about 40 to 50 days after Jesus had been born. And after Mary finished her her purification time, they were bringing Jesus, about 40, 50 days old, to the temple to be dedicated, just as we dedicate children. On that day, the Holy Spirit said to Simeon, that's the one, that's the one. 
I think you, you need to understand what happened. Watch this. Simeon didn't just go, wow, that's the one I can die now. What did he do? He went and had a personal encounter. He introduced himself to Mary and took the baby Jesus. See, knowing about Jesus and having a personal encounter is a very different thing. Now, when he's finished with that, the Bible says an amazing thing. He was ready to die because God had kept his promise. See, he believed in the Messiah. He was waiting for his salvation to come. I want you to read with me. Look at it. Look at the song that he wrote. He says this, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant, Simeon, let me die in peace. Let me just stop there and say this. One of the greatest benefits of a person that really knows Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord is that when we die, we die in peace. See, I don't want to die, but I know heaven's better, and one day I will. It could be painful. It could be, I have no idea. God's in control of all that. But I do know this, that I'm not fearful about it. I have a peace because the moment I die, I know exactly where I'm going. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. See, that's why the unbeliever is afraid of death but will not tell you. Because they're, when you say to them, there's no world religion that has a guarantee like Christianity. None. The Muslim faith, that you ask the Muslim, where will you go? They have no idea whether they're good enough to get to heaven. I'm never good enough, but I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Notice what he says. Now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I've seen your, say it with me, your, uh, you're seeing your salvation, which you prepared for how many? All people. He is the light to reveal God to the nations. He is the glory of your people, Israel. Now, this is amazing because Simeon knew that the source of salvation was Jesus. You see, I want you to turn to the neighbor on the other side, the one you didn't care too much for, and I want you to say this. Everyone needs a Savior. Would you do that right now? Just turn to them and say that. That's exactly right. Now, get your finger out. Get your finger out. Come on. Come on, everybody. I need a Savior. That's exactly what the Bible says. And that's exactly what, now it's amazing because Simeon's Jewish and his song includes Gentiles. There's like 99% of Gentiles in the world and one or 2% Jews. That includes you and me. Way back then, that would have been news to Simeon. But you and I are included because Jesus Christ came for the whole world. So, In our day and age, we're supposed to be tolerant, and we should be, with our Christianity. In our day and age, lots of people say there's no such thing as absolute truth. That's foolish. Let me show you a statement that is hard for you maybe to understand. Here it is. The Bible tells us there is salvation in Jesus and Him alone. There's no other way to get to heaven, to get forgiveness, but Jesus Christ. God designed that from the beginning of time. And Peter was sharing this with very religious people one day. And he was talking about Jesus. And he said this, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by where we must be saved. So the salvation comes simply from Jesus Christ alone. He said, Pastor Mark, that's narrow. To be honest, truth is narrow. Two plus two is four. Go for it. 
It's narrow. It's narrow, but it's true. Now, we're going to do something. We're going to fast forward 30 years. Now, those of you who get older know that time goes like that, doesn't it? Come on, be honest with you. Just raise your hand if you, if you can raise it. That's, that's right. That's good. And we're going to see another man. He walks just as stiff as Simeon. Take a look. His name, what do you think? It's Nicodemus. Here he comes. Now, who is Nicodemus? Well, you're going to see in our story this third encounter. He, he's, he's, a, he's a very religious man. He's a Pharisee. He, he loves rules and regulations and rituals. He's a member of the Sanhedrin. Let me read you the story. John chapter 3. He's going to have an encounter as an adult with Jesus, who's an adult now. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader, who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Now, this is shocking because the Pharisees were intensely jealous of Jesus because he undermined their authority and he challenged their views. But Nicodemus came to have a personal encounter with Jesus because he was impressed with his teachings and he couldn't deny the miracles that Jesus did. And the Jewish religion saw none of that before. Now, he came at night because he was no doubt afraid of his other Pharisee friends. And because he came at night, we call this story Nick at Night. <laughs> come on, come on. I got two more to go. Come on. It's okay. Now, let me ask you a question. Why would this very religious man come to Jesus? Because he was empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death. See, watch this. All his life, all his life, he tried, he tried, he tried to be good enough. His whole life. But he knew he wasn't. So, secretly, he came to Jesus. And basically, what he, he didn't say this, but that Jesus knew this. His religion left him empty. He had no purpose. And he had no peace. He longed for something more, but he didn't know what that was. In this encounter is something I'm praying that you will discover tonight, those of you that don't have a relationship with God. Nicodemus will discover the difference between knowing about God, religion, and having a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You see, life never makes sense. So we're always in the search mode. And you might say, well, I'm not going to tell you I'm in the search mode. Oh, you're in the search mode. The day you were born, you were on a quest. It's never stopped. God designed us to know him. Now, he starts with all these accolades to Jesus, and Jesus doesn't go, thank you very much. Could you give me some more things? I really like that kind of talk, would you? Not at all. Look how Jesus responds. Look at verse 3. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. Unless you're born again, you're never going to heaven. Unless you're born again, you'll never be right with God. Well, Nicodemus didn't understand that at all. How did Jesus know this? 
Well, he looked into his heart. He knew exactly what the problem was. See, born again means born from above or born of the spirit. And he says to Nicodemus, I know what you want. Every person wants that. They want to know, they want to have peace and joy here and purpose. And when they die, they want to know exactly where they're going. And then let me tell you, I'll read it for you. Here's what Nicodemus replied. What do you mean? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? So Nicodemus is confused because he's only thinking of the physical. Jesus is speaking of the spiritual. He's not at all speaking about any rebirth that is, that is physical, impossible. Here's how Jesus explained it. Listen. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of the water. When you're born, your mother's water breaks. And of the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to the spiritual life. Now watch what he says again. Many of you are surprised tonight. Don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. This is not a church talking. This is not a religion talking. This isn't a man talking. This is Jesus talking. Now notice, Jesus hadn't said, you know, Nick, you you might want to consider being born again. No, he says you must. It's an absolute necessity. Now, what's the difference? How many of you were born? (laughs) Some of you are really asleep. You could... How many of you are born? Come on now. Okay, okay. How were you born? You're born physically. Now, let me remind you. Let's see if you remember 10 minutes ago. When you were born, what kind of a nature did you have? A sin nature, which did what to you and God? It separates. Well, Jesus isn't talking about that one. He says, you're going to have to be born of water. Humans can reproduce with humans. That's the way I designed it. But you're going to have to be born of the Spirit. You're going to have to be born from above. So look at these statements, and I think it would make it very clear to you. Everyone in this room has happened phase one. As newborn babies, we were born physically alive, but spiritually dead. See, the real you is not physical. The real you is spiritual. You're going to live somewhere forever. Done. Then the next one, Jesus says it like this. When we are born again, spiritually by God, a spiritual birth takes place and our dead spirit becomes alive. You see, being born again spiritually is something only God can do. I can't be good enough. I can't change myself. So when a person is born through the Holy Spirit, they receive forgiveness, a changed life. We know that Nicodemus eventually did believe in Jesus, was born again. In fact, he helped, uh, he took a real risk. He helped with uh, embalming and and burying Jesus and and all the spices that were necessary and, and the grave. He helped with all of that. So I want you to turn to somebody behind you this time, somebody that you don't know, and I want you to say something different. Everybody needs to be born Again, would you do that now? Just kind of look around and find somebody and tell them. That's right. Just look at them. (laughs) Praise God. Some of you met more people tonight than you have in a year. This is good. (laughs) Get your finger out. Here we go. I must be 
born again. Is that right? That's exactly right. Pastor Mark, that's what you said. No, that's not what I said. That's what Jesus said. If you want forgiveness, if you want to go to heaven, you have to be born again. Now, when we begin to see that, you say, well, Pastor Mark, I saw what having a personal encounter with a camel looked like with you. What does it look like to have a personal encounter with Jesus? What are you talking about? I don't have a picture. Let me show you a picture. When Jesus called people in the Bible, he didn't say to them, would you sign this card and become a member of my church? There were no churches. What Jesus said was simply this, follow me. In my life without Jesus, I'm leading. I'm doing it my own wisdom, my own way. Jesus says, you'll never get to life that way. You have to follow me. I'll give you the Bible. I'll come inside you. I'll forgive you, and you will have light. You'll have direction. You'll know how to do life. See, it's an everyday. It's not an event. I don't use the word Christian too much anymore. It's a great term, but in America, especially in the old days, not too much today, if you make the word Christian, everybody's a Christian. The question I ask to people is, are you following Jesus Christ today? See, not, not are you in charge. It's not religious. Yeah, I follow him on Sunday. What do you do the other six days? I'll oh, do my own thing. Yet you're not a follower of Jesus. It's not about seven days a week in church. It's not about church. It's a relationship because God, when he saves us, he puts his Holy Spirit in us. And we have the way to do life and do it right because of that personal relationship. See, I get forgiveness. I get joy. I get peace. I get comfort. I get all of these things. Now, in our whole story, notice something. The one that makes the first move in every single thing. With the shepherds here, you say, well, God didn't make a move. Nicodemus said, no, no, no. Who put the emptiness in Nicodemus' heart? God did. So God loves us. He sent his son to take care of the sin barrier. He's crazy about you. He wants to spend eternity with you. And he has a gift for you. You can't earn it. You have to receive it. So tonight, I'm going to give everyone a chance that is not yet a believer, or maybe you were and you've fallen away. Let me show you what, how simple it is to receive this gift of salvation that will change your life forever. Here it is, Romans 10.9. If you confess, which just means you realize that you are a sinner, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you want to follow him, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Belief is not a head knowledge. It's actually a verb. It's a verb that means my obedience results from my belief. You're not too old. You're not too young. You're not too bad. You're not too good. You can come exactly as you are. Far too often, we try to please God by doing what we think we should be doing instead of just doing what it's clear He's told us to do. The Bible tells us that simple obedience is the key to a successful walk with Christ. Pastor Mark has been reminding us of this, and it's important to remember that being a Christ follower really isn't complicated. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com 
and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed. Or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Thanks for joining us for this Christmas message from Pastor Mark. We hope that it was inspirational as well as encouraging. If you haven't yet given your life over to Christ, we hope that the message has made it a little clearer what your current life situation is and that there's peace available to you through Jesus. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. On behalf of Pastor Mark and the entire production team, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.